Hi, welcome to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. Hey there. Howdy. <laughs> That's my line. <laughs> uh, I'm Savannah. This is Kelly. And you're listening to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. Savannah. Welcome to the podcast. You're welcome. We're, we're so happy to have you. I'm so glad you're here. We're You're literally snuggled in bed between us right now, and it's like you, super cozy. You're literally the only person that I want to listen to this podcast. You. You. Specifically you. You. <laughs> and you know who you are. <laughs> Um, so, okay. I am so excited I, to talk about this. I think we actually are in the wrong genre. I do think we are. Because I've never been more excited to talk about something. Yeah. And it's been, it's something that has been discussed via podcast ad nauseum. Like, yeah. like it's pointless for us to talk about it because yeah. so many other podcasts have talked about it, but I'm so pumped. I want to talk about it. Because I listen to the podcast about it and I'm like, I have so many thoughts, but you can't hear me. I'm just talking to myself. I know. I want to jump in and be like, wait, can I join this conversation? So now we're having our own conversation. years ago. Yeah, seriously. Um, so we're, t- we're dipping our toes. We're dipping our toes into the true crime pond. Mm. We're acting really... It's chilly. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> Okay, this is actually very dark, so tone it down. Yeah, Pull it back, true. reel it back. Um, we we're are not laughing at this. <laughs> we'll have to quit that. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about the murder of John Bonet Ramsey and all the conspiracies that surround the mystery of her case. Because we don't know who did it. Yeah. Still to this day. Which is crazy. wild. Also, is it John Bonet Ramsey or Jean Bonet Ramsey? I think it's Jean Bonet. Jean like Jean Benet. Jean Benet. Jean Benet. But she was named after her dad, John. <laughs> but her name, but his name was John Bennett. So, unless it was Benet, I don't know. Okay, so Jean Benet. I think it's Jean Benet. Jean also, Benet. there was a accent mark, so. Okay. Yeah. So, Jean Benet. Also, I know we're going to get into it, but it's so weird that her dad's name was John Bennett. So, they were like, let's name her my name, but different. Yeah, it also seems very French, right? Yeah. And I don't think they were French. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Very odd. Also, my mom's maiden name is Ramsey. <gasps> Connection. But they spell it differently. Without the E? They say, they spell it A-Y instead of E-Y. I thought they were going to say I-E. No. <laughs> what if it was Ramsey, but like E-I-G-H? <laughs> no. no. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, distant family connection. Yeah. But also very sad. Mm. Also, another, last week we did Denver. And they lived in Boulder, That's Colorado. That's true. Double whammy with the Colorado. That's true. Colorado, we're coming for you. Okay, so sources. Uh, the one and only Wikipedia. We love you, Wikipedia. For we real. owe you everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, biography.com. There's a website called JonBenet Ramsey Case Encyclopedia, and it has a lot of information. Mm. And Rolling Stone. And New York Times. Yep. Cool. Okay, so let's just get some background out of the way. So Jean Benet, Patrice, Patricia? It's not Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> Patricia Ramsey was born on August 6, 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia to wealthy parents, John Bennett Ramsey and Patsy Ramsey. So her name was a mixture of her both of her parents because Patricia. Patsy was yeah. Patricia. Also, they were 
rich. Oh my gosh, millionaires. I did not realize no, they how were like rich they were. They were very rich. Their house was like three stories. And they had two planes. Yeah, private yeah. planes. Mm-hmm. And two houses. I didn't know they had they, a second They house. had a house in Michigan where John Bennett was from. Wow. John Ramsey. Okay. So John Ramsey was a businessman who was the president of Access Graphics, a computer system company that later became a subsidiary of Lockheed Martin. Patsy was John's second wife, and he had three children with his first wife, one of which died in a car accident at age of 22, which I feel like I want to go back to that once we talk about our okay. opinions and theories. He has two dead daughters. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, really very awful. sad. Um, also, he was, or Patsy was 21 when they got married. I think she was 23. I thought, okay. I think But they, he is a lot older than her. Yes. Yes. She was very young when they and got married. And he was like... Older. Later well, I mean, yeah, he'd already had a whole other he family. Had he had an adult. Already. Yeah, adult children. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Okay. Um, Jean Benet was a younger sister to Burke Ramsey, who was three years older than her. In 1991, the family moved from Colorado to, Mm-mm. or from Atlanta to Colorado to Boulder. Jean Benet was a beauty queen, and Patsy enrolled her in lots of pageants all over Boulder. Um, Patsy was also a beauty queen back in yeah. her day. And so was her sister. Patsy's sister? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. They okay. both were. Um, Jean Benet won titles of America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids, Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. And Patsy is reportedly to be a, quote, pageant mother behavior. Um, she dyed Jean Benet's hair blonde, which is just horrible. She was five to six years old. Yeah. Dyeing her hair bleach Bleach, blonde. Bleaching it blonde. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. So. So what are your thoughts on beauty pageants? I. Always wanted to be in one. No. (laughs) I. I guess I understand them. Like as you're older. Like I understand I guess the Miss Americas, the Miss World, Miss Universe. Well, I don't know if I even understand it, but it's more it's like less gross. I I don't yeah, I would never want to do it, but I I get it. It's oh, you know, you make connections, it's you know, self confidence. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. The kid ones, it just gross. It seems gross. It seems like a way to just give your daughter or son I don't even know if they do male beauty. I mean maybe now they do they definitely did in the yeah, 90s like to give your children away like to pedophiles right yeah it's literally like old men in their 50s judging your child who's covered in makeup at the age of yeah. like five years and, old yeah and they're just like staring at these little kids yeah. in like swimsuits and short dresses but I mean I can kind of see the way where it's like oh it's a way to build confidence it's a way to build social skills you know and the social skills maybe confidence like slathering your child in makeup yeah that's true I mean it probably doesn't teach them a great also sense of confidence and self beauty yeah and I know that we both listened to the my favorite murder episode about this and they mm-hmm. were talking about some of the pictures like that came out after her death that they still use yeah. to this day to just to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And she looks so old. She's six, five to six years old mm-hmm. and she looks like she's a teenager. Yeah, she definitely And does. she's just very sexualized and it's very yeah, gross. Yeah, I do think it's very sexualized. Yeah. Because I've seen pictures of her when I was doing research of her just looking normal. And she's cute. And, and she's, she's a cute little, little girl, girl and she looks six. But then obviously when you Google her, it comes and out she's with these pageant hair photos. Yeah. And the- red lipstick yeah. and the smoky eye and yeah. she's literally five years old it's i just don't i don't I like don't, that i don't like it no, no, not no. a fan Grody. not a fan okay so we we've gotten to the ramses we're just going to take you through a timeline of events on the day that john benet 
died, mm-hmm. right? So the, day, the night before, December 25th, 1996, the Ramses attend the Christmas party of a family friend, Fleet White, which, what a name, Fleet. That sounds That's, like a rapper. I think it sounds like a rich white man's name, um, but also kind of like a rapper. Yeah. Or the name of, like, a running shoe store, maybe? Maybe. Um, anyway, they go to Fleet White's house. He has a big Christmas party. Remember the name Fleet White. I mean, it's not that significant, but he comes up later. Yes. Um, <laughs> they come home that night. They all go to bed. There's no So is else. this, this happens Christmas morning or, or the day after Christmas, Christmas this Eve? Was, this, the party they go to is Christmas day, Christmas night, the night of Christmas. Okay, and so the next... The next day, the day she died, was or the, 26th. the day she's discovered missing is the 26th, the day okay. after Christmas, which, awful timing. Also, Disgusting. that was my first Christmas. Mine too! Yeah. Because, yeah, I missed yeah. my, fr- I missed the, I missed the one before. <laughs> I, still, I wasn't alive. I was still in the womb. <laughs> um, okay, so December 26th, the family... It's just the family in the house okay. that we know of, right? Got it. Got it. 2 a.m., okay? This was, like, hard to find. I only heard this a couple times in my research and, like, had to do a deep dive into, like, more about it, and we'll go into it. But at 2 a.m., a poor apparently, a neighbor hears a child scream from inside mm. the Ramsey home, which was abruptly cut off, but she didn't hear anything else, so she just goes back to sleep I thinking not nothing of that. it. Which, like, I've heard screaming and then it ends up being like laughter so i just like i would i probably wouldn't do anything either if i didn't hear anything else whatever not right judging. No, no no i'm not judging i'm saying like it's not well, how did they the parents not hear that i will go into detail okay. about scream but just for the timeline okay that's it. around 2 a.m got it no one else hears it just the neighbor right mm-hmm. so no one thinks anything's amiss 5 30 a.m patsy ramsey wakes up to make coffee she goes downstairs and she discovers a two and a half page handwritten ransom note at the foot of the kitchen stairs demanding money for the return of her daughter, Jean Bonnet. And at this point, she didn't know that Jean Bonnet was even missing. They just went to bed the night before and that she wakes up to this. Um, immediately, she calls the police around 5.52 a.m. Not immediately. She reads the note, obviously. That's, that's, 20, that's two minutes. 20 minutes. But I, okay, so she wakes up at 5.30. Then maybe it takes That's her 10 true. to 15 minutes That's to go down true. the stairs. Okay. So. Okay. Sorry, I didn't talk about the time she was in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Took a big dumb dumb. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, 5.52 a.m., Patsy calls the police, and then immediately starts calling family and friends, too. 5.55 a.m., literally three minutes later, the police knock on her door. Um, an officer named Rick French is the first one to arrive... Um, and he searches the home and on his first preliminary search, doesn't find anything. Keep in mind, it's a day after Christmas. So it's like not, it's not the good cops. It's like, that's true. It's like the rookie cops coming in. Um, by 8 a.m., family and friends, including Fleet White, who, who's the guy who had hosted the Christmas party the night before, um, and the family's pastor come over to console the Ramses. A detective named Linda Arndt arrives. Do you think I'm saying her name right? Arndt. 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 Yeah. 1 p.m., Detective Arndt instructs John Ramsey and Fleet White to do a top-to-bottom search of the home. With, I don't know why she asked the grieving father. Yeah, why would she ask, yeah. Like, there's police officers there, I don't know. John Ramsey goes into the basement, which hadn't been searched before. First place he goes is the basement, where he finds Jean Benet's body. Her mouth was covered with duct tape, a nylon cord was found around her wrist and neck, and her torso was covered by a white blanket. He picks up his child's body and takes it upstairs. Um, and by 10.45 p.m., the Boulder County Coroner's team removed Jean Benet's body from the Ramsey's home. And that was 
the worst day of the Ramsey family's life. Um, so that is just timeline of events. Now, there is a lot to unpack here. So we are going to go deep into the evidence and the investigation. Yep. So, okay. Kelly, take it away. So John, Patsy, and the younger son, Burke, all willingly give hair, blood, and handwriting samples. Um, John's two older children, Jean-Benet's half-siblings, were out of town at the time of the murder, so they weren't suspects. Okay. So, the autopsy of Jean-Benet. The autopsy revealed that she had been killed by strangulation and skull fracture. The official cause of death was asphyxiation by strangulation associated with craniocerebral trauma. Her death was ruled a homicide. There was no evidence of conventional rape, although sexual assault could not be ruled out. No semen was found, but there is evidence that there might have been a vaginal injury. A length of nylon cord and the broken handle of a paintbrush um, was tied around Jean-Benet's neck, and that is what was used, apparently, to strangle her. Part of the bristle of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies. So, the murder weapon, the paintbrush, was in the house. Which, I mean, like... It was a nylon cord that, like, the paintbrush wasn't, net, like, that didn't need to be part of it. Yeah. It was just a cord. I don't really know why the paintbrush was attached to the cord, but it did belong to Patsy. Yeah. Like, it was kept in the basement. Yeah. And the bottom third of the paintbrush was never found, despite extensive searching. So maybe it might have been already broken. It's very strange. I don't know. Okay. So the coroner report noted that injuries on the right side of her face and lower and left lower back, which were consistent with the use of a stun gun, although the report doesn't expressly state that the injuries were caused by such an instrument. Um, and this is um, interesting. So her body, um, in her stomach, there was pineapple, an undigested pineapple in her stomach, which she must have eaten a few hours before she died. So the day of the the day of the crime, obviously photo photographers came over to take scene of the crime and there was a shot that shows a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. However, neither Jean Benet, no, sorry, neither John nor Patsy said that they remember putting a bowl out or feeding pineapple to Jean Benet. And police have um, reported that they found Burke's uh, uh, fingerprints on the bowl. So this kind of ties into the Burke theory that he, well, well, yeah, we don't want to go into theories yet. Yeah, you're right. But, but anyway, just it's just some, obviously yeah. everything we say, keep it in mind. Like yeah, it I all guess. is significant. Somehow we just don't know how because we're not detectives. And if this case hasn't been solved in the last 20 years, it probably won't be by two dumb idiots. <laughs> you don't think we can solve this? I don't think we can solve it. Uh, okay. You want to take the screen? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, we mentioned a scream earlier. So, Melody Stanton allegedly heard a scream early in the morning of December 26th. She lived across the street from okay. the Ramses. So, Stanton originally did not report the scream when interviewed by the police um, because she did not want to be involved in the case. Interesting. And there's more. Okay. And since none of the other neighbors had mentioned to her about hearing a scream, she began to doubt whether she actually heard it. Um, she actually told her husband that she had probably imagined it, and then it was um, a woman named Diane Brumfit, a friend of Stanton's, who reported this incident to the Boulder police about her conversation with Stanton. Dang. Yeah. So Stanton said that there had only been one scream, and it was horrifying. It came from the child. She assumed the scream had awakened her parents, which I'm like, yeah, how did it not... Should I keep, keep going? Keep going. Okay, keep okay. <laughs> she related that it was obviously from a child and that it lasted three to five seconds and abruptly stopped. 
Experiments have demonstrated that the vent from the basement may have been amplified so the scream could have been heard outside the house, but not three stories up in the defendant's bedroom. Wow. Yeah, so they actually did experiment. And to, you could hear it. And you could hear it outside, but not, but not on the third floor. Wow. Okay. Yeah, which seems unbelievable, but that's what... The police, uh, that's that's the, just horrible. That's so Because if it actually chilling. was an intruder, like, that would have... They would have... I have chills right now. Like me too. I, oh. They could have heard it and saved her. And I mean, I mean, I don't blame this, blame this one no. at all because you hear a scream in the middle of the night. It's Christmas Eve, you know, or Christmas Day. People are out late maybe, going yeah. to parties. Sometimes screams are just like, like laughter and play. Yeah, and, and sometimes like, I feel like, you know, when you wake up from a dream, you kind oh. of hear what was happening in that dream as you wake well, up. Some people have night terrors. Yeah. It could, yeah, I don't blame her. It could be anything. Yeah. If it lasted three seconds, yeah. Yeah. And obviously she was like, oh, if it, it was, you know, a child, the, the family would have heard it. Like, right. She wouldn't have thought right, that exactly. the sound acoustics were yeah. such how they she were. She would be like, oh, her parents will do something about it, not me across yeah. the street. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. It is weird that she didn't, after she knew the murder happened, that she didn't go to the police and say, hey, yeah, I heard the scream. Because I could imagine waking up the next morning and being like, did I dream that? That's weird. Yeah. But then knowing that something actually had happened, I would have yeah. been like, whoa, I think that yeah. this is significant. Yeah. I think it's weird that she didn't report yeah. it either. Agreed. Okay. Um, good for uh, Diane Brumfit, though. Yeah, for real. Diane. Mitching on her friend, Diane. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. This is probably this my is favorite part of the whole case. <laughs> okay. So the ransom note, you guys, it's crazy. Okay. Are so you going to read the whole note. thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm so okay. sorry. I've never read the whole thing before this podcast. So okay. the ransom note. When you think of a ransom note, typically it's like. I think of the magazine cutouts of like <laughs> different words. Yeah. No, I just think, I would think like it's a slip of paper and it says, give us a million dollars we have your daughter. If we don't give us the money by this time, she dies or something. Yeah. You know, like that's what I would guess. Mm -hmm. This ransom note was two and a half pages long. That is very long for a ransom note. It was handwritten on a pad of paper from within the Ramsey's home using one of their pens. So like it, they were in the house. It, they wrote it in the house. Also, there was a draft. This was the second draft. Yes, they of this found letter. a balled up after the fact. They found a balled up piece of paper from the same pad that Who had writes multiple ransom notes. That had like start. They started to write. I think they started to write Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey, and then they balled it up and they ended up just addressing it to Mr. Ramsey. Is why, that interesting? Why would you make drafts of a ransom yeah. note? You just say, "Give me the money." Yeah. Oh, and this ransom note had like air, like cross things out, added things in. They had quotes from movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep. Okay, go it's ahead. Okay, I'm gonna read the note. Okay, I wish we had like a voice modulator that was like Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do that the whole time. No, I'm not gonna do that. It says, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do we do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997. <gasps> what? That's just crazy. Okay. You must follow her instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. 
$100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery crossed out pickup of your daughter. That was a lot. That was a lot. Like, here's what time it, but also like if you call early, we'll just do it earlier. Yeah. Like, why would you add that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you to not promote, provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being behead beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she <laughs> dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow your instructions, follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. You don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory signed SBTC. That was so much. Whoa. Yeah, that was so much. That was two and a half pages. Now, the, a lot of analysis has gone into this letter mm -hmm, and I'm it is sure. clearly fake. Like, oh yeah, it's clearly fake. And here's why. So according to statementanalysis.com, there are a number of things that are suspicious and prove that it's fake. The fact that it's so long being number one, like mm -hmm. no one, you're in a rush, you're in someone's house, you're intruding, you're trying to get in, you're trying to get out. Yeah. You do not sit down and write multiple drafts of a two and a half page letter and gives like, you just don't. I'm sorry, you don't. Mm. If you call and you're trying to intimidate someone maybe, and you're like, we have your daughter, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or like writing a note in the home. No. Kidnappers wouldn't call themselves a small foreign faction because they'd want to appear larger and more powerful and intimidating. Yeah, um, for sure. And you also wouldn't be like, hey, I'm from, you know, your yeah. local Walmart. Like, you wouldn't, like, say... You wouldn't identify yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't respect the country you serve. Why would this random girl be kidnapped over an international conflict? Nah. Yeah. Um... Also, just saying, like, we respect your business. Like, why are you complimenting? Yeah, it's like, we respect your business, but not the country. Like, so? Yeah, who yeah, cares? No, like, why? I don't care. No yeah. one, literally no one cares. Yeah. Especially not the person that you're writing this to. Yeah. The words business and possessions are misspelled. Um, <laughs> which are pretty common words. Although, but if they are foreign. I've struggled with the word business a kind of time <laughs> or two. Because it does not sound like it spells. It's business. <laughs> Um, but the word, words like deviation and attache are What is it? An attache, a bag, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why would you say? But I feel like they, they were trying to sound foreign and be and use foreign words. Well, it sounds like, it doesn't sound like someone foreign. It sounds like someone trying, trying to, to appear foreign. foreign. Yes, yeah. Yes. Um, so, and they even put an accent at the end of attache, which people normally don't do. Oh my so God. maybe they're trying to appear foreign or maybe because whoever wrote it was used to putting an accent marked on a loved one's name. Like Sean Bonet. Yeah. 
They demand, this is crazy. This is crazy to me. Yeah. They demand $118,000, which one, is a relatively small amount of money from people who own two private planes mm-hmm. and two houses yeah. and are millionaires. And it's also a very specific amount of money. Like, it's not $100,000. Oh, it's, it's not $200,000. It's $118,000. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And John Bonet, at the time of John Bonet's death, John Ramsey's net worth was like $4.5 million. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was so rich. Okay, $118,000 just happened to be the exact amount that John got for his Christmas bonus. Now, if the Ramseys wrote this note, I'm sorry, but, like, they're not so dumb that they would do, like, that they would. But, but do they think that they're so smart? But and also that, they knew that they could get that money very quickly. Yeah. Because they already had a check for it. Yeah. And do they think that they, pro- I mean, when they, they're writing this, if they wrote it, they are writing this long ass ridiculous ransom note that they think is a stroke of genius. And it definitely sounds like someone who's like, oh, I know what a ra- ransom note sounds yeah. like. I've seen movies. Yeah. I'm going to quote from those movies. So like- I, I mean, I can see them being like, oh, this is so great. I'm so smart. This money, you know, we have it. It's easy. I'm going to mm-hmm. just throw that amount in the ransom note. It's just like, it's too... It's too coincidental. Like, it's, it, it just seems like a dumb move. I know that they, like, the, okay. the note is dumb, but that amount being so... My thing is... Uh, you know what? I'll save that for discussions. Okay. Save it. Okay. All right. Just a couple more things. Uh, there's a lot of unnecessary words and fluff and mistakes. Mm-hmm. We, know, we know. Like, it's so long. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of speculation about what SBCT stands for. Possibly saved by the cross. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Literally don't know. Um, the note and a practice draft were written with a pen and paper yeah. from his home. Even though the note instructed that no one, especially the police, be contacted, Patsy, first thing she does after reading it, contacts the police. And then all of her family and friends. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, if I was in that situation, I would be very scared. They made it so clear, like, if you call They're the police, watched. she will die. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, I've watched enough Law and Order SVU to know that the parents never contact the police right away. Yeah. Like, I don't... And, yeah, like they said, we're watching you. So yeah. they're probably... They're, she's probably reading this and being, they're watching me in my house right now. Right. So why would you do exactly what they tell you not to do? Yeah. Because you know that they won't do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. And um, a hand... Oh, so only Patsy's and the poli- police officer who was the first to arrive on the scene... Only their fingerprints were found on the note. No one else's. Now, someone could have worn gloves. I don't know. Mm. Um, Also, handwriting, extensive handwriting analysis was done on the note. And they did it for, like, hundreds of people. Like, a Mm -hmm. lot of people. Including John and Burke. They were were eliminated as suspects. Um, Patsy could never be fully eliminated. Like, they couldn't prove that it was her. It was never a full match. But they could never eliminate her. Out of hundreds of people. She's uh, the only one. On the Dr. Phil show, um, they talked about this, and they said that basically, like, five being she didn't write it and zero being she did. Mm-hmm. She was, like, a four to 4.5 <gasps> that she didn't. That she did not? That she didn't. But they couldn't they couldn't legally, I guess, officially eliminate her because there was a very small chance that. Now, I mean... Oh, we, we, that's good to know. We can talk about the Dr. Phil thing later, but... Yeah, Dr. Phil interviewed he Burke Ramsey. Uh, very obviously was an intruder, did it? Like, 
it was very obvious. Oh, that Dr. Phil thought so? Yeah, so basically all the evidence that wait, was- Wait, so real quick, is this Dr. Phil interviewing? So on the 20 year anniversary of John Bonet's death, Dr. Phil interviewed her brother, so mm -hmm. just for background. Um, but then he talked about it a lot afterwards. Yeah, so basically, there were, I think there was three episodes that aired that was just him talking with Burke. And yeah. then the one I watched, because I couldn't find the full interviews Well, with Burke. I think it was like a special, so they Maybe. didn't Yeah, so YouTube. I saw an episode that was after the interviews where he basically just answered a bunch of questions that people had and, like, cleared some things up. Mm. And it showed a few clips of the interviews and yeah. stuff, too. So this, what he talked about this in that episode. So he was very, the Ramseys didn't Oh my it. gosh, he was, oh. it was very biased. Like John Ramsey was on, like they showed interviews with him. Oh, so did Dr. Phil interview John Ramsey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the, and, John, and the, the Ramsey's lawyer too. Oh I forgot gosh. his name. I think we mentioned it okay. later, but it was, so, I mean. Oh, yeah. but like, I'm sorry, but if Patsy didn't write it, who the heck did? Because it's fake. It's so fake. Like, it's not. Okay, so this is what I was going to say earlier. If it was an intruder who did this, why would you write a fake ransom note? Like, what is the right. point of it? Because she was already dead. She was already dead. Yeah. There was never any, oh, you're going to, we're going to keep her safe until you get her back. There was no, you won't even get her remains. Yeah. Because they did. She was yeah. already dead. So, like, what? Yeah, and they're like, oh, we'll behead her, we'll we'll kill her. Like, she was already dead. Why would you put, why would you it make a ransom note? If you just, I guess. My, the only thing I can think of is that they wanted this money and they just killed her anyway. But it's like, if you wanted this money, why wouldn't you take her out of the house and kill her so that Oh, yeah, because you're never going to get the money if they know that she's already yeah. dead. Yeah, and the also, house. the first place you check if someone's missing is the freaking basement, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It is. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's move yeah, let's on. keep going. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast to give you a quick ad from our sponsor. It's fake. <laughs> yeah. We have no sponsors. Okay, it's fake. This is Savannah. Um, picture this. It's a cool autumn night. You're snuggled in bed with a blanket. You close your eyes after a long, productive day. You hear the soft sound of the rain pattering against the window as you drift to sleep. But you can't fall asleep, and it's all because of that dang pillow. It's too warm now after your big-ass noggin just like been laying on it. Well, just flip that sucker over. <laughs> Introducing the other side of the pillow. It's cooler, it's softer, and it's all yours. To use this product, just place your head on the pillow, and after three to four minutes, flip it over. Bang! It's the other side of the pillow. Patent pending. <laughs> Are you the type of person that listens to 911 calls? Yes. Do you want to listen to her 911 call? Sure. Okay. I'll play it on that. My very first 911 call was... <laughs> to one, one you made? No. It creeped me out, but it, it's, like, weirdly addicting. Was uh, someone in 911, like, in the Twin <gasps> Towers. And I... <sighs> don't, I don't know how I stumbled across it. I was watching... I don't even know why I would do this. But I was watching videos of 9-11 just because I don't know why it weirdly fascinates me. You are kind of obsessed with 9-11. Yeah. And I asked, and then I just clicked on it and it just started playing. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. You know what's the worst one I've ever heard, which I really try not to listen to them. And I listened to this when I was alone at night and I regretted it deeply. But um, do you remember when My Favorite Murder covered the Weeby Voice Killer? And they played oh. the 911 calls, but it wasn't it wasn't 911 calls because he was 
he called. He would call the police station and, and be like, "I did it." Yeah, he'd be like, "I can't stop." Like I'm, a, but he was. <gasps> so creepy. So in the Phil, the Doctor Phil, they played like a little snippet of. Okay, well, just call. it's pretty short because well, we'll yeah, talk about why, but. <laughs> didn't play the stuff that they say well you can't really hear it anyway okay let's just break that down shall we okay because it's really hard to hear obviously so the dispatcher picks up patsy ramsey just gives her address and she doesn't say like what's going on she just gives her address yeah that's weird which i guess like if it's a real timely emergency I don't know. I feel like that would be something you would do if you called 911 before because you know they right. ask for your address. Yeah. But if I called 911, which I've never thankfully had to call, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't I would think of giving the address. Yeah, I would just say, I would say what's going on Yeah. First. Also with cell phones, how they can track you, but it's, yeah, it's different that's true. in the 90s. Then she says, then the dispatcher asks what's going on. She says, we have a kidnapping. It, which I think she, I think it, I just think it's weird that she says we have a kidnapping instead of, like, my daughter's gone. Or even, like, there's been a kidnapping, I guess. Like, we have a kidnapping. It just seems like distancing. Yeah. I don't know. Distancing distancing herself from what's going on. Then the dispatcher asks for her name. She says, Patsy, I'm the mother. Not, I'm her mother. I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into this, but I think it's a little weird. That one is, I don't think is weird. I think saying we've had a kidnapping is kind of weird. I think that's weird, too. Um, then she hangs up, which is kind of weird because when you're in an emergency, you're going to, I think you would stay on the line because that's your lifeline. That's how you know that someone is coming. That's how you know that you're like safe. And someone can confirm, okay, we are sending police there now. Or like, here's how far they are. Like, and she just, she just says, hurry, hurry, hurry and hangs up. So weird. But she doesn't hang up the phone properly. And she, and the dispatcher's going, Patsy, 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 because she thought she hung up. Now, there's inaudible voices in the background. And audio experts have, like, tried to enhance the sound. And there's really nothing conclusive. Truly, like, people think they hear, they know what. Did you listen? Have, did you listen to the one where you could hear the audio in the back? No, I haven't heard. I haven't no. heard the enhanced ones. No. But yeah, some I've people heard, speculate you yeah. have heard the enhanced ones. No, no, ones. I've heard that it's, like, so inconclusive you right. can't tell. Right, so people speculate that Patsy Ramsey says, we're not talking to you. 
Burke Ramsey says, what did you do? Or sorry, sorry. John Ramsey says, we're not talking to you. Patsy Ramsey says, what did you do? And Burke Ramsey says, what did you find? But like, it's so inaudible that you can barely yeah. hear it. And like, other people think Patsy's saying, sweet Jesus, help me Jesus. And yeah. other people think that Burke. So in the Dr. Phil interview, he asks Burke, you know, were what happened like because uh, well the i feel like we should wait to talk about what burke talked, said oh okay i was just gonna say that he wasn't there yeah that he was sleeping yeah he said burke said he was sleeping so i don't think it was his voice so yeah so that's where that i mean depends on what you think but the story is that burke was asleep the whole the whole time while all of this was happening right. the 911 call and everything yeah okay which that's an mm, okay We'll talk about Burke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burke, weirdo. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, then there's just a couple more, like, evidential things. So um, there, there's a flashlight involved. So a black flashlight was found on the kitchen counter on the day that she was murdered. Um, it's in photographs, like, mm -hmm. evident, photographic evidence. Um, and the Ramsey said they weren't sure if it was theirs, but they were like, yeah, I think maybe that belonged to John. I'm not really sure. Um, and it matches the wound that was on Jean Bonnet's head, but there were no fingerprints or DNA evidence on the flashlight. So it could be a murder weapon, but I mean, she was they strangled could have, They could have wiped it down. True. Like just cause there's no fingerprints. Also, I feel like a flashlight's a weird thing to just keep on the kitchen counter. So it was a bowl of pineapple. Well, no, if you're eating pineapple. Yeah. And like, you know, you ate it at night and you kind of left it out the next day, but I feel like I feel like why would you just have a flashlight out? Yeah, usually they're like, under the kitchen sink. I don't know. Some people just leave stuff out. Like their house could have been cluttered with other stuff. It, it might not have been like a clear counter with yeah, just a flashlight. Yeah, I guess that's true. But also, if they have a flashlight in their kitchen counter and they're not sure if it's theirs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's just something minor. I don't know. Um, okay. So, like we said, these were rookie cops. Mm -hmm. um, they did not send the big boys to this <laughs> investigation, and they effed it up big time. Oh my god. Um. They, oh, they ruined it. Like, I just feel like if they had sent better cops, we would know who killed her. I don't know. So, first of all, initially, Officer Rick French is the one that does the first search of the house. Now, <laughs> he does not search the basement, obviously. Which is the first place you look. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. It, that's it the is. first place You're you look. You're absolutely right. Like, he had no reason. So, apparently, he was interviewed afterwards. And he paused in front of the basement door but didn't open it, and he later stated that he was looking for an escape route that the kidnapper might have taken, and he knew that, like, it was closed from the outside. It was, like, locked from the outside with, like, a peg, so we could tell that it couldn't have been a potential escape route, apparently. Which I get that, that they thought it was a kidnapper. They were looking for, you know, kidnapper routes. Right. But just open the door. Just yeah, just open the in. door. I mean, be like, okay, I'm going to take a detour from the kidnapper for Ugh. one minute and make sure. Also, her, they, they were there since almost 6 a.m. Mm. And they don't find her body until 1 p.m. Like, and it's, it's in the house. Right. It's in the house. And it's not like, it's not like you're in such a rush that you're like, I don't have time. Like, this is an emergency. Like, you're literally all sitting there for hours and hours. And it takes you that long to look in the basement? Yeah. Rick, what the F were you doing? Basement. Like, that's the number one murder site of the world is a basement. Everyone gets murdered in the basement. Ugh. Okay. Um, another thing that got messed up. So because the forensics team believed that they were dealing with a kidnapping case and not a homicide, they only roped off Jean Bonnet's room. And they didn't consider any other part of the house a crime scene. Mm. So 
They've got police officers, detective, FBI agents, a forensics team, family and friends traipsing through the house, opening cabinets, like getting food, cleaning the kitchen. Like they ruined all the potential DNA evidence. Gone. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, and apparently, like, they sent victim advocates to, like, help console the Ramses and, like, help them through the, ki- what they thought was a kidnapping, and apparently they, like, got food out of the kitchen and then cleaned up after themselves. Mm. And they were, okay. They get pineapple? <laughs> also, that's another thing I think is interesting, that people were, like, cleaning the kitchen, but they left the bowl of pineapple out? Maybe that was one of the first photos that they were taking before all these people came in. Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so John Ramsey, as soon as he sees Jean-Penny's body, which granted, like, you're a mourning father. You're seeing your child in a very traumatic state. But he immediately picks up her body. So fingerprints all over it. You know, like, DNA. Also, I read something in another article that said, you know, when the cops told him, hey, just go search the house, that he- they told him don't touch anything. Oh, really? Yeah. But that also could be an instinct, like, you know. Right. Also, like, it's 1 p.m. They haven't found her. They say, do a top-to-bottom search, and the first place you go is the basement. Maybe did you know that she was there? I mean, they they said top-to-bottom, so you think you'd stop in the top floor. Yeah. Did he look in the attic? But also, how did no cop just open no. the door? Also, I think it's someone else brought up the point of, like, he brought Fleet with him. Because, like, he, you, oh, you, oh, you, you yeah. always want to have a witness when that's you discover what, a body. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard, too, yeah. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. You don't um, want to could, discover it alone. Could be a coincidence. But yeah, you don't want to discover a body alone. It's not a good look. So anyway, immediately picks up her body. Um, brings it upstairs. Then, Detective Art herself, a detective. Which, like, I don't know if she was actually a detective. I think she might have actually just been a beat cop. That's what I heard. I don't know. She picks up JonBenet's body and moves her to the living room. Oh my god. Another f- set of fingerprints on her. Then, immediately, Patsy throws herself across her daughter's body, weeping. Uh, now, it's sad. It's what a mother does. But that's three people destroying d- potential DNA evidence. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's just not good. Um, and then police even, like, shared evidence with John and Patsy Ramsey during the investigation, even though they were potential suspects. They conducted their interviews together instead of separately. Mm-mm. And they waited, like... A couple days to interview them, and then like weeks and weeks to interview Burke, the brother. So I heard that Patsy and John were very protective of Burke, and they didn't really want him part of the investigation. Which I, I get because yeah. it's like your daughter just died. You're kind of, you know, he's your only child left. Um, and I mean, he was never really a suspect because he was a kid. He was nine. So I kind of see that where they would wait a bit to interview Burke, yeah. but they. Definitely should have interviewed them separately. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Mm. And also, it's weird because pretty much right away, the police kind of made their investigation in their case towards the Ramses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's weird that they, you know, wouldn't want to interview them separately. I agree. So series of events that followed her murder. The local police department zeroed in on the Ramses as a suspect pretty quickly, like we said. Lou Schmidt was a detective that came out of retirement in 1997 to help with the investigation. Um, and he presented findings that pointed away from the Ramses doing it. So it was kind of like 
police were zeroing in on the Ramses, and this detective was saying, no, 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 I really don't think it yeah. was the Ramses. Yeah. And they were very at odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure he ended up um, quitting the case because he just couldn't handle it. He was so frustrated yeah. with all this mishandling of information and everything. So that year in 1998, a grand jury convened and considered indicting the Ramses on charges of placing their child at risk in a way that led to her death and obstructing a murder investigation. But they ultimately, they weren't prosecuted because it wasn't believed that they would be able to prove their guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. But it was like a whole jury wanted to indict, but I think the prosecutor was the only one that said no. no. Yeah, it was everyone in the jury. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, in 2002, Marcy Lacey took over as the DA, and she concluded that an intruder killed JonBenet. And, okay, so this is kind of a timeline. So that was in 2002. In 2006, Patsy Ramsey died of ovarian cancer. So she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer in 1993 and ended up dying at age 49 in in June 24, 2006. So Mm. in... 2006, a Thailand authority... And this was, like, kind of right after she died. Yeah. This is wild. I'm kind of glad that she didn't see this. It was all just for nothing. Uh, I don't know. She hasn't... She's... I don't know. In 2006, Thailand authorities arrested a 42-year-old American teacher named John Carr after he confessed to killing Jean Benet after he had been drugged... After he drugged and sexually assaulted her. So he was arrested and eventually dismissed as a suspect after it was revealed that no drugs had been found in Jean Benet's system. And police could not confirm if he was in Boulder at the time of the murder. And the only details he could give about the case were already public and his DNA did not match the gender, the profile generated. So Um, what I've heard about him is that he basically was in Thailand, got arrested, and he was like, I'm going to literally die in Thailand. Right, and Thailand prisons are a lot different from the ones in the U.S. And so he was like, I'm just going to... best to this crime so I can go back to America. Yeah, he literally was like, I'd rather be in prison in the U.S. than in Thailand. So yeah, I'm and pre- he was, like, a known sex offender already, so he was like, I could have done this, you know? Yeah. So I don't really, I don't... No, no, he, that was, he was a nutcase, and I think yeah. that was him just trying to get into a better prison than he would have been in already. Yeah. Okay. So that was 2006. On July 9th, 2008, the Boulder DA office announced that um, a result of a newly developed DNA sampling and testing techniques, the Ramsey family members were excluded as suspects, and Lacey, who was the DA, publicly exonerated the Ramseys. So this DNA that was found, uh, like I said, was using new techniques that were not available when this murder happened. So the DNA was traces of an unidentified male on the long johns of Jean Benet the night she died. And the DNA was not a member of um, anyone in the Ramsey family and is most definitely that of the killer. So the genetic material matches that of a drop of blood found in Jean Benet's underwear in the early mornings of the investigation. So. So, I mean, DNA... It's not 100%, but it's like 99%. That's true. And I also wonder, I mean, it's weird that it's on her long johns, but like who, you know. That's a private area. Yeah. So I'm, I was thinking like, oh, if they get them laundered, you know, people would touch. But it was blood. Well, that was blood, but this was, this was touch. This DNA was touch. Wait, I'm kind of confused by that. Okay. So there was blood 
on her underwear. Mm-hmm. And then, but the D- the DNA that they found that exonerated the Ramses was touch DNA. That was in... What does touch DNA mean? I think it's like a fingerprint. Okay. Or I... DNA traces, so it might have been... I think, I, I feel like it's probably a fingerprint, but it could have been maybe like a, a was like skin the, particle. The way of collecting. I don't know why. I don't really know what. I don't know. I don't know. I Basically, always... there was DNA of an unidentified male on her clothing, mm-hmm. and it did not match anyone in the Ramsey family. Yeah, so that's why they were like officially exonerated. Yeah. Okay, that was in 2008. In October 20, 2010, the Boulder police reopened the cold case and haven't found anything new to this day, but they it's still an active case. And I don't really know if people are working it, but probably. I don't I mean, know. definitely people on the internet are but working it. But it's still it. considered active. Yeah, yeah, Reddit is working on it. Yeah. So, um, like we said, Patsy Ramsey died in 2006, and John Ramsey married his third wife, Jan Ro- Rosso. Rosso, in 2011. And they currently reside in Michigan, John's John's hometown. Also, like, this is so, like, not related at all, but um, after Patsy died, he dated the mom of Natalie Holloway, who is, like, a cold case. Dis- her, like, her daughter disappeared in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, her teenage daughter. I feel and like, he dated her. I feel mom. like that's probably just, like... That's all coincidence. Also, it wasn't, like... They dated seriously, and he, like, downplayed it, and then he ultimately married this woman, so, like, it wasn't even a big deal, but it's just, like, a weird coincidence. I feel like they probably have common things to talk about. Shared trauma, my friend. Anyway, okay, there's so much more to talk about, but we're already over time, so we're gonna cut it off here and make a part two and talk about potential conspiracy theories about who did it and our own theories. I have so much to say. Okay, well, save it. (laughs) Okay, Okay, shove it. (laughs) Have a deep down. Okay, so thanks for watching. Listening, nope. not watching. Thanks for listening. Um, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Instagram and Kuz Kelly and Savannah. I'd um, say email us, but like you won't, so I'm not even gonna tell you. Yeah, whatever. Prove us wrong. What? Um, <laughs> okay. So okay, stay tuned for part two. And trust, trust no, no one. one. Bye.